Uh, we've been going through a series called Back to Basics, and the last couple of weeks we've actually been uh, looking at getting back to basics, the Word of God, the Christian life, just those things that we need and are essential in our walk with God. And last week we talked about giving, Christian giving. It's an essential of the Christian life. And there's a lot of joy in giving. We learn that when you understand the grace of God, it allows you to give the way that God wants you and I to give. We, we learn that it's an act of love. It's not something that we just need to understand and have as head knowledge, but it's something that we're to live out and, and something that we're to do in our life in giving. And, and we talked about the joy that comes with doing that. But this morning, we want to continue this on giving. I told you it was going to be a two-week focus. And we want to look at vision giving. Last week was Christian giving, but this week, we want to look at vision giving. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Acts chapter number one. And as you're turning there, perhaps you're here this morning, you've not received the notes of the message and you need those notes. If you would, just raise your hand and that way the ushers will uh, see your hand that is raised and try to get those notes uh, to you. And, and that way we can follow along as we study God's word together. Uh, the purpose of the notes, as I say every week, is just a way in which we can follow along as we study God's word. And, and there on those notes, you can write down any thoughts that God might bring to your mind as you study and allow him to speak to your heart this morning. I think it's always amazing when you're hearing the word of God being taught. It's amazing that uh, it's not all about just what the preacher says. Many times it's what the preacher doesn't say, but what the Holy Spirit highlights. And, uh, and it's amazing. I, I've talked to many people that uh, they say, man, that, that message was a blessing. And, and uh, when I've asked them to share a little bit of what, what was a blessing about the message, they share something. And I said, man, I don't even remember saying that in the message. I don't remember even focusing on that. Uh, but what it was, it was the Holy Spirit that was speaking to them through that passage. And though it wasn't my focus, it was God's focus. And that's what it's all about when it comes to studying God's word. What is God teaching me? What is God telling me in this passage? And so hopefully this morning, this will be a time in which we can all grow together uh, in the word of God. Acts chapter number one and verse number eight. And before I read that, though, let me give one more parenthesis. I do want to welcome uh, Pastor Andrew Shields all the way from Chiapas. He's up uh, uh, here during this time, and we're so glad to have him and his family with us this morning. And, uh, and I also have seen Pastor Chacon. He preached in the first uh, uh, service this morning, I think in the first two services this morning. And uh, he's down from South America, and uh, we're so happy to have him uh, here with us in our midst. Well, once again, as, we, as I've stated earlier, back, getting back to basics, vision giving. What is that all about? And, and why title a message vision giving? What, what, what does that mean for us as followers of Christ? What does it mean to have vision giving in our life? Well, let's start our study, if we would, in Acts chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at, at, at different passages in the book of Acts. There's so much when it comes to vision giving, so much. In fact, 
really uh, a better study would be just let's read all of chapter 1 all the way to the end of chapter 8. And then we could really get a sense of what God is trying to teach us when it comes to vision giving. But because I know y'all want to get out a little bit before 4 p.m. today, we're just going to look at some of these passages and uh, the rest of the study you can do on your own at your own time uh, at home. But Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 says, But ye shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let's go ahead and pray and ask God to give us his wisdom as we study his word. Father, I thank you this morning that as we jump into this of vision giving, as we begin to understand what it is that that truth has to do with us this morning. I pray that, first of all, you would fill me with your spirit. I pray that you would give me the understanding and the, uh, the words to communicate this morning as I give your message. I pray that I would be filled with your spirit in doing so. And then I ask that you would be with the hearts of every hearer this morning those that are here in the auditorium and those that are tuning in through the live stream. I pray that all of our hearts would be knit together and that during this time in these next moments that we would, that we would focus directly on what your word says. And that we would not be distracted by anything around us, but that we would give our full attention to your Holy Spirit as he speaks. Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts, work in our lives, help us to not only understand the truth of your word, but begin to apply it into our lives. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, giving can literally change your world. I want you to think about that statement. Literally, giving can change your world. You know, it was because of giving that we have salvation. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Giving has brought us salvation. Giving is why we're on this planet right now. You know, when when you were born, on the day that you were born, uh, when speaking of that day, they say that your mom gave birth. And any mom that has had children knows that's a giving process. It's not a fun process. It's not a party process. It's a giving process. Because of giving, we're on this planet. Uh, Giving is what soldiers do when they go and fight the enemy. In fact, when we are honoring our soldiers, whether it be on Memorial Day or whether it be on Veterans Day, those that uh, have gone to the battlefield and not returned home, we don't say they lost their lives. We say they gave their lives. Uh, Giving is what has brought us freedom to this country. Giving is what we enjoy this morning when we look at screens and as we sit on pews and as we enjoy the air condition and the lights. It's because someone gave. It's because there was this idea that by giving, I'm helping others. I'm, I'm doing something. I'm changing my world. Because you gave, you have a place to sleep at night. Right? There's no one here that said, man, I just love Chase Bank so much that when I get my paycheck, I'm just going to send them the money that they're asking. 
No, we say, I'm giving them money because there's a house payment. That house payment allows me to have a place to sleep and a place to eat and a place to raise my family. It's, it's giving that brings about all of these things because giving can change your world. But you know that with giving, there's always accompanied with it a vision. There's always a vision. In other words, there's always a why when we give. Just think about it. Anytime you've given something, there has to be a why behind it. Nobody ever gives with no motivation of why, without asking themselves why. Why is big when it comes to giving, and usually that why we would say is the vision of why you're giving. I heard a story of a mom that was trying to teach her daughter this lesson, and as they were on their way to church, um, the, the mom was kind of giving her daughter all that she needed for her Sunday school class and things. And, and then she gave her a dollar bill and a quarter. And uh, she told her daughter, now when we get uh, to church, you can give either one of these in the offering plate. You can give the, uh, the, the dollar bill or you can give the coin that's worth 25 cents. Whatever you feel like giving, you can give. Well, they went to church and... As they get back in the car and they were going home, the mom was a little bit curious as to, well, uh, what, what, what did you give? And so uh, she asked her daughter on the way home, sweetheart, what, what did you give in the offering plate? And the daughter said, well, mom, when the offering plate, right before it got to my, uh, to my seat, she said, I was, I was going to give the dollar bill. But I started thinking about what the man in the pulpit said. You see, before they started giving the offering plates so that we could give our money, she said that the guy said we should be cheerful givers. And since I knew I was going to be a lot more cheerful if I gave the quarter instead of the dollar, I just gave the quarter. You see, there's a why into why we always give. Now, the mom was teaching that daughter on the why, I think had a lot more to teach her. But when it comes to giving, there's always a why, because why is important. And why is more than just how we feel about it. The mom wasn't trying to teach her daughter, well, how do you feel about giving? Because the why is more than just a feeling. The why really is all about what the giving is and what the giving does. It's all about the vision that is behind it. And what we're going to study today is about the church at Jerusalem and the why in their giving. You see, the church of Jerusalem was a church that started out as a giving church. A church that saw some amazing things. But a church that finished years down the road as a church that had stopped giving. As a church that no longer was seeing God blessed like he did before. A church that had lost its vision, its why. So this morning as we get started, I want you to notice once again the verse that we started with in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. The book of Acts is all about how the church got started. It's, it's all about what happened the days after Jesus uh, ascended back into heaven. What happened after that? It's the, the story, the rest of the story after the Gospels and how the church came to be. And in chapter 1, 
uh, we see that Jesus is giving his final words to his disciples. And he says in verse number eight, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I want you to notice, first of all, this morning, the mission that was given to that church. The mission that was given to that church. You see, as he's addressing the disciples, Jesus is sharing with him his last words, literally before he's going to ascend back into heaven. And in these words, he begins to give them the mission that they're to have. He's, he's, he's giving them the purpose for why they're going to move on in their life. They, they don't need to be sad about his leaving. They just need to understand that as he's leaving, there's a purpose for why they're staying. There's a reason why he's not taking them with him at that moment. And, and he's giving them the purpose. And I, I want you to notice that, first of all, that this mission was clear and direct. Jesus tells them that, first of all, they're not going to be alone in this mission to go. It's very clear and direct that they're to be witnesses, uh, that they're going to give a message. And in giving of this message, there's going to be a Holy Spirit given to them that will give them the power and give them the words to share the message of the gospel. In fact, Jesus said it this way in the gospel of Matthew chapter 20. It's there in your notes. He said, go ye therefore into all, uh, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus saying, here's your mission. You need to go. And as you go, I'm going to be with you. And in Acts, he's telling them, the way I'm going to be with you is by giving you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to give you the power that you need to go. He's going to give you the words that you need to share, the words that you need to say. And Jesus doesn't vaguely tell them what they're to do. He's very clear and direct. This is what you're going to do. Do you know that today we still have that mission? You, today we still have that purpose. That has not changed in almost 2,000 years. Did you know that the purpose of our church is also to go and teach all nations? Do you know that our purpose this morning, the, the, the mission that is given to us is very clear and direct that we are to have the Holy Spirit's power in our life and the Holy Spirit's presence in our life to go and fulfill the mission. We're not to be cheerleaders. There's nothing wrong with being a cheerleader. We ought to cheer for the kingdom of God to move forward. But God doesn't want us just to be cheerleaders. God wants us to be more than that. God doesn't want us just to be people that have knowledge of what the purpose of the church is. He doesn't want just head knowledge from people. God wants more than that in our life. He wants us to be witnesses, he says. Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I don't know how much more clearly he can state it. It's very simple. Here's what your purpose is as a church. Go. And remember that as you're going, I'll be with you. My presence will be there. My power will be behind what you have to say. You don't have to be the best and most eloquent speaker. You don't have to uh, be the one that everyone's tuning into on your Facebook or your YouTube. All you have to do is be the one to go and tell the message. 
It's very, very simple. It was a clear and direct mission that was given. But I want you to notice it was also inclusive and an expansive mission. You see, Jesus shares these words with all of his disciples. It's, it's not something that was just given to Peter, James, and John. It wasn't something that was just given to Andrew and Bartholomew. No, this was given to all of those that were with them. All of his disciples were to go and be witnesses. Not just the most capable, not just the most talented. It was one that included all of them. And then notice, he said, not only shall you be witnesses, but he says, you're going to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, and then in Judea, and then in Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. It wasn't to be a message that was supposed to stay in Jerusalem, though it was starting there. But it wasn't to stay there. It was a, it was a message that was to go out from there to literally the rest of the world. It was something that was to change their world. And Jesus says, I want you to know this is something that needs to be changed in your world. But it only can happen if you will go and do it. You're going to be my witnesses. Have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus could have sent his angels to do it? And they would have been obedient. They wouldn't have given him an excuse they wouldn't have said, well, Jesus, I don't know that I'm really capable of doing that. They wouldn't have said, well, uh, you don't understand the, uh, the peer pressure that's around right now, Jesus. You, you don't understand how this world works. You, you don't understand what they're going to say about me or how they're going to think about me. He could have told his angels and they would, have, they would have done it just fine. But he didn't choose his angels. He chose you and me. And he said, I want you to be witnesses you know, that mission is still the same for us. We're all to give that message, not just some of us here at church. Listen, it, it doesn't matter if you're in a neighborhood in Mission. It doesn't matter if you're in a, a trailer park in McAllen. It doesn't really matter if you're in a retirement center. It doesn't matter where you're at. The, what really matters is, are you being a witness? Because God says, I want you to be a witness. It's inclusive for all of us and it's expansive in the sense that it's to go out from where you're at. Just go out and spread that message. We're to share that message, literally taking it to the whole world. In fact, in Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 9, it's in your notes there. But those that were around the throne of God, they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Notice there around the throne of God, there, there are people literally from all over the world. Why are there people from all over the world? Because there were witnesses that took them that message. The message that Christ had died for them. The message that they can be redeemed and justified by the blood of the Lamb. And, and because of that, many believed and as many as believed on him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And now there's these sons of God around the throne saying, thou art worthy. Of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. We find that the mission that was given to this church there in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 was a mission that was clear and direct. It was inclusive and expansive. But then I want you to notice that 
that with that they were to, to simply do what God had called them to do. Can I say that that mission is alive and true today, as I've mentioned before. And I'm so thankful for those that have heard those words and said, that's right. That is our purpose. You know, as I thought about this study and this message this morning, I, I couldn't but help but think of the years of existence that our church has been around. I couldn't help but think of that in the late 70s, there was a church that began to gather. At that time, our, our church was named Oremex Baptist Church. And there at the Oremex Church, there was just some people that were challenged with a mission to give. To give the message of the gospel, to go out and share with others what God had done for them. And though they were really small, as you can tell in this picture, and it was just a smaller group, they began to give. They began to understand that we need to be inclusive. It's not for other churches only, but it's for our church. And it's not for other Christians that are sitting behind me in the pew or in front of me in the pew. It's also for me that I'm in the pew. And they began to share and a few years later, they began to, to grow. And suddenly, that handful of people took that message and more became Christians and more be, suddenly had the mission for themselves. You see, it's that vision in their giving. They weren't going to be satisfied and say, well, Otomex is a small building. I mean, what's going to happen if we start sharing? What's going to happen if more people come? I mean, we're probably not all going to fit in this building. Maybe we should just kind of stop here. I think we fill the building enough. I think that's more than enough people. No, they, they, they had a vision to say, listen, this is what God has called us to do, to be witnesses. Let's go and witness. And suddenly there's a bigger group. God began to work in them. And I thank God for those that took that vision. I want you to notice the Mission that was given, but also the mission that was applied. Look at Acts chapter 2. Look in verse number 41. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit has been given. And now these disciples who have said and answered the call to say, we'll be witnesses. Now they've received the Holy Spirit. And now they're out there and they're just given a message with the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and they're out preaching what the Holy Spirit has told them to preach. I want you to notice in verse number 41 of Acts 2 that it says this. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Notice that as they applied that mission, that it brought immediate results. I mean, that same day, 3,000 people got saved. Oh, and they must have been all eloquent speakers. No, they weren't. Study the lives of the disciples, you'll find they weren't. Oh, they must have been uh, people that had their doctorates. No, they weren't the most educated people of their time. They weren't. There were just people that answered the call that when a mission was given to them, they thought we ought to have a mentality of giving. 
giving this message. There's a vision for this. The vision that God has given us is to reach our world. And so they gave. And as they begin to give, God begins to add to them. In that first day, 3,000. It's amazing. They didn't just give and say a little prayer and that was it. And continue living their own way. No. Literally people from all over the world were there. And they were given that message of the gospel. Look in Acts chapter 2 verse number 3. Just go back up a few verses. To verse number 3 it says. And there appeared unto them. That's the disciples. Cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. Notice the inclusivity there. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Notice as they're applying the truth, they just, they just start giving and God's bringing. And God said, I want you to reach every nation. I want you to reach your world. And they didn't have to travel 3,000 miles away or 6,000 miles away. Notice that God had brought those people to them. All they had to do was share that message there where they were at. And they saw that it brought immediately, it brought the results. But then it also brought fruitful works. Not only did they hear and were saved, but then they, those that received, began to fellowship. And they began to apply that message to their life. They started living a gospel-centered life. And they began to produce fruits and works that come from living a life that is different. They began to change the way they talked and the way they thought. I mean, it affected everything. It affected how they looked at their possessions. It it affected how they looked at one another. Look in verse number 44, Acts chapter 2. We're still there. Verse number 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Notice it, it affected how they're thinking about one another and how they looked at one another. And now it's not what is your agenda and what's your agenda and what do you want to get done. And what, no, no, now it's this is what we need to get done. And suddenly they're all buying into this vision and they had all things common. And then it says, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Suddenly giving to the needs that were around them. And it begins to produce fruitful works in their life. You see... Living the mission that was given to them was life-changing. Life-changing. Can I tell you this morning, we have the same mission given to us. And when you and I begin to live this mission out, it's life-changing. Those people in 1976 and 77 and 78 that were in that picture, that very first black and white picture, They're giving. They're giving of the gospel. They're giving of themselves. Their sacrificial giving is why we're here this morning. And those that were there in the 80s and those that were there in the 90s, they changed our world. You say, yeah, but I've gone to North McAllen. They haven't heard. Okay, but you did. And you and I are, are here And our world has been changed because they were faithful in giving that message. Because they had a vision to say, let's reach more of Mission and let's reach more of McAllen and let's reach more of Edinburgh and Peñitas and La Jolla and let's just get this message out to others as we've been commanded to do. 
And suddenly it changed us. It affected what we've talked about. It's affected what we do. You get to a point when you start living this message that you can't help but do and say the things that you have heard and seen. You see, this, this church in Jerusalem, it got to a point where that's what they said. In fact, when they got uh, threatened and when they were persecuted and put into prison, they said this in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, two of the leaders of that church, as they were getting tried for preaching the gospel and maybe going to be taken into prison, they answered and they said, there in your notes, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Talk about a vision of giving. They're saying, stop giving. The world was saying, I don't want to hear it from you anymore. Stop. And they said, but we can't help it. I can't help but share with you what God did for me. I can't help but share with you what God has done in this church. I can't help but share with you how that person was a blessing to me. And because of their giving where I'm at now, I can't help but share that. If we could just shut it off, maybe we would, but we can't. Because there's a mission that's been given to us. It's more important than anything. They said, we can't help but give. I think of those generations before us. I think of that church in the 80s when they began to live it out and apply it and, and God said, you know, we need, to, we need to change up a little bit of what's going on in the church. When you start remodeling, we need to start building because as you give that message and as you give of yourself and as you begin to give to those that are in need, God brings more. And so we started building. And then suddenly we needed a whole nother building because we had more than could fit in that small little auditorium and we had to start classes. And I remember this great building uh, back in the, in the back and it extended and it was going to give us more classroom space uh, for our kids and for our youth program. And, and there on that small little property, you can go, you can go by and see it. It's, it's right in front of Castro Elementary, right behind the Lubies uh, there in Mission off of, off of Conway. The church is still there. You can go by and see it. As we had to build and, and suddenly, instead of just this one little building, it was this building with another building going this way. And we had to put a portable for all the things that God had begun to give us of chairs and things. And we had too much. We had to just put them in a portable. God began to bless as they gave. In fact, it came to a point where that property wasn't going to be big enough. And once again, God had to move in his people and we bought the property we're on now. And as you can see, there was nothing here. It was just a property. God began to lead in the people of this church to say, we need to keep giving. And if you keep giving and if you keep living that mission, you'll see the need and, and I'll start to provide more and more. And suddenly we began to pray and God began to provide. Before long, we started building a building. In fact, the building that we're sitting in now, this is how it started. All because some people decided that they were going to be witnesses. 
that in their giving, they were going to have a vision of why of they were giving. And it was to see others being blessed. This church in Jerusalem saw God bring people. He brought 3,000 souls. They all got saved in one day. And you'll read in chapter 3, it says, And the Lord added unto them such as should be saved. And then you get to chapter 4 and chapter 5 and chapter 6. And you'll, you'll find that not only they, that the Lord was adding unto them. And then it says, And the church multiplied. And God began to multiply the people. It wasn't enough just to add. God said, Now I've got to multiply you. It was amazing to see what God did there in the church of Jerusalem. In fact, some people say that there may be 20,000, maybe 40,000 members. They don't know. One of the first mega churches around. Just amazing what God did when they heard the mission and when they applied that mission. But yet just a few years later, after God had blessed them so greatly, after God had done so marvelous his works, you get to Acts chapter 8. And if you look in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 1, go to Acts chapter 8 and verse number 1. And notice it says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And that was Stephen's death, the first martyr. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So I want you to notice that phrase there and that really that word, they were all scattered abroad. Because reading it, at first you can, you can kind of read it and uh, kind of in our English language and in our context, sometimes we, we think of, well... They were getting persecuted. Literally, they were getting put in prison. People were coming to arrest them and they scattered like they were running away. They had to get out of there. They just had to survive and, and somehow escape. But you know, the word scattered there doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean they were running for their lives and scared out of their minds. It doesn't mean that at all. It's a Greek word there, the word scattered. It's a Greek word, diaspero. It's a word that doesn't mean to just run away that way. Before I tell you what it means, I want to say this. By the time you get to Acts chapter 8, that church in Jerusalem that had been following that mission was no longer following it. That church that was giving was no longer giving. The church that had that vision no longer had that vision. What happened? What happened to that church? In fact, you'll go to 1 Corinthians and you'll find that now that church that was giving is now in a position where they're not giving anymore. They're asking for help. What happened? Can I tell you that the reason that it got to that point in the church of Jerusalem is because they lost their vision and they stopped giving. No longer were they that thriving church. Now they were that church that was slowly dying. It was a church that lost its purpose. You see, their purpose was to go and start in Jerusalem. Remember in Acts chapter 1? 
But then it was supposed to go to Judea. And then it was supposed to go to Samaria. And then it was to go to all the uttermost parts of the world. And you'll notice that in chapter 3 and in chapter 4 and in chapter 5 and in chapter 6, they never left Jerusalem. Never. God was doing some amazing things. But then they lost their vision. What happened? Why did they stop? Well, can I say that first of all, they stopped because they stopped investing in others. In their mission, they, they lost their vision for others and they stopped investing in others. You see, in verse number one, we'll go back to that word scattered abroad, that Greek word diasporia. Do you know that that literally transfer, uh, translates as sowing, planting? You see, Jesus had told them, I want you to start planting this message as my witnesses in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. But they had stopped doing that. Suddenly they weren't investing like they were before. So God had to let a persecution come. And in that persecution, suddenly there was a vision that was renewed in their minds. There was a, there was a purpose and they said, oh, we need to sow and plant. We need to invest in others. And that's why it says, and they scattered abroad. They picked up that vision to say, let's go to Judea now. Let's go to Samaria. Let's go to the other parts of the world. Now, I don't know about you, but I can see that this morning we're living in a time when it's a good time to sow and plant. I know we can be tempted like perhaps there were some in Jerusalem to say, yeah, but when things get tough, can we really push through? 2020 is a tough year. 2021 is starting about the same as 2020. What are we going to do as a church? Maybe we ought to hunker down. Maybe we ought to just kind of bring our savings. What if the market crashes? What if, what if something terrible happens again? What, what if there's another virus or another pandemic? What, what are we going to do? You know what we ought to do in the middle of a pandemic? Start planting and sowing. Don't lose the vision for why we are here as a church. Right now is the time to say, let's, let's start investing in others. It's not, the, it's not the time to quit. It's the time to keep going. You see, when you stop investing in others, it, it gets really comfortable with what the world is all about. You get comfortable with the comforts of this world and your vision gets narrowed to just what the world does. And God says, don't, don't, don't get caught up in this world. It's temporal. Look at the eternal. What's your vision today, church? Don't get caught up in just what Jerusalem has. Look that there's others out there. Look for the future. I love what, what, what Paul said in Galatians 4.19. Uh, the church of Galatia was a church that Paul loved dearly. And, and he said to them, he said, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Paul said, man, I haven't lost my vision for you. The Galatians, they have, they have lost their way a little bit in the mission that God had given them. But Paul said, hey, I haven't, I haven't lost my vision for you. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt just like a, a woman is in pain when she's giving birth. He said, so I am as well. 
until Christ get formed in you. We, we need to renew that vision and start investing. But what else happened? We'll look at Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11 and verse 19 all the way down to verse number 30. You find that the same church in Jerusalem, not only had they stopped investing in others and living that mission, but they stopped going further. They didn't go to the rest of the world. They didn't go a little bit further like into Judea or Samaria. They just, they just did enough to see what God can do there in their local setting of Jerusalem. But God said, I, I want you to know that the vision I have for you is far greater than that. Don't limit yourself to just what is happening here. Lift up your eyes and see the need that is out there. You see, this morning, if we're not careful, church, we can find ourselves in the same boat as that church in Jerusalem. It's real easy to get self-focused. It's real easy to get real comfortable and stop sacrificing and play it safe. But you'll notice that that's what began to kill the church in Jerusalem. They stopped having that vision for others of that mission as they stopped going further in their life. It only brought the death of that church. That's why it's so important this morning that though we've been blessed and we've seen the blessings of God over the last three decades, four decades of ministry in our church. And though we've had others that had a vision, it's time for you and I to continue that vision. To push ourselves further than we've ever gone before. To do more than we've ever done before. I love Paul's perspective. In the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, he said, Brethren, I, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm, I'm going to reach further than I've ever reached before. That's what vision giving is all about. It's giving of myself. It's giving of a message. It's giving of what I have. It's giving to see what can God do if I just give a little bit more. What can God do if I just plant a little bit more? And so in the lives of my children and so in the lives of my neighbors and so in the lives of my co-workers, if I just begin to, to share what God has given me, I wonder what God can do. I wonder if God will do just a little bit more. That's the vision. That's what vision giving is all about. You see, this morning, you and I can either choose to change our world or not. We can choose to invest in others as others have done before us. Or we can do like others have done and say, no more. It's just not worth it. It's just too difficult. I'm just not sure that I can. You see, the choice is really up to us. The mission has been given to us. And you can apply that mission as others have before us. 
The challenge is don't let that vision die. Don't stop investing in others. Don't stop pushing the limits and going just a little bit more. Do what you can now, today. You know, Carl was just um, a guy like any other guy. A guy that had hopes and dreams. A, a man that at the age of 19 found the woman of his dreams and got married. A guy that was kind of just doing what he could do in life and found a job with Blue Cross Blue Shield and was selling insurance. And as he was doing his very best to stay involved at church and stay connected with church and give and, and live the mission that was given to him, there came a day when God called upon Carl. And he said, Carl, I, I want you to give the rest of your life in full-time service to me. And he quit his job at Blue Cross Blue Shield and went into full-time ministry. In fact, Carl became the youth pastor for Annette Mendoza, the pastor's wife of this church. And he was just doing what he knew God had called him to do and was just being faithful. And in that faithfulness, God called him from being a youth pastor and brought him into a church to be the senior pastor. And for 35 years, he was pastoring. And then he retired and the next 25 years of his life, he didn't want to give up on the mission. He didn't want to give up on the vision and he began to work for a, a company that printed tracks and he did all he could to print as many tracks and help different ministries literally around the world to make sure that they had the gospel and these little pieces of paper to give out to others and share the message. His vision was to reach the world. After 60 years of ministry, on December 16th of 2020, God called Carl home. But what's really amazing to me about his story, he touched my life personally. He was a mentor to me, a friend to me. But really what touched my life was something that he sent and they got here on December 2nd of 2020. It's just a, a letter that he wrote to the church. He wanted to be part of a ministry that our church has called Latin American Outreach. He was very involved in this ministry. And he'd go down to South America and Central America and, and teach and, and preach to pastors there and train them. He was always trying to be as involved as he could in that. He wrote this from his desk there at his home on December 2nd of 2020. He said, Brother Noe, this is to help with the hurricane relief for Nicaragua. The Lord has blessed Shirley and me beyond measure. Two weeks to the day before he died. Put a check in there and said, I just, I just don't want the vision to die. I want to invest in others. I want to go a little bit further than I've ever gone. After 60 years, I want to give just a little bit more. That's vision giving. That changes the life and has changed the life of many pastors in Central and South America. Because one man said, 
I'm not just going to hear about a, a need and a mission to give. No, I'm going to be that witness. And I'm going to invest. And I'm going to go further than I've ever gone. But he's gone. December 16th, 2020, God took him home. And here we are now. January 31st, 2021. And I have to ask myself, will I be one that carries that vision? Can I ask you this morning, will you be one to carry that vision? I wonder if you'll be one that this morning will say, you know what, I need to invest. You know, this year I need to go further than I've ever gone. Normally I would end this service with a word of prayer and and kind of challenge us to make a decision. But this morning, I want to do something a little bit different. In the back, our ushers have a little card. And the card is a commitment for a vision. And the vision is to see the, the building that's right across the way here finished. So that we might use it to reach others with the gospel. The same gospel that came into our lives at one point. That's what we want to use that building for. We want young people to be, be able to come and, and to hear the gospel message. We want children's ministry to go on there. We want to have big Sundays where we can invite our friends and our co-workers. And we can go and eat with them there in that building. And we can share with them the message of the gospel. The challenge is simple this morning. Would you be part of that vision? Would you say, yes, I want to invest in others as I give to that building. And yes, I want to. I want to be a part of going a little bit further than I've ever gone before. Here's what we're going to do. If you want to be a part of that vision, I just want you to raise your hand. And the ushers, ushers will come right by and, and give you that little card and just and give you an opportunity to say, this is the vision that I want to be a part of. I want to give to this that goes beyond what I've ever given before. You might say, but I've been in this church for 10 years. Would you be willing to give just a little bit more for an 11th year? I've been a member for 20 years. Would you give just a little bit more? You say, I've only been here for six months. Then would you jump into the vision with us? Because it's because others have done that that we're here this morning. For those that are on the live stream, there's a, a link there, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook. There's a Google form that you can fill out. You can be part of this vision too. We want everyone to, to be able to say, I want to be part of this. And you can give $500 this year. But can I say, if you've given $500 last year, can I challenge you to give 1000 this year? $500 is about 10 bucks a week. $10 is about... Uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe a dollar more than uh, number one at McDonald's. If you get the extra fries and the ice cream, then it's about 10 bucks right there. Would you be willing to give that for this vision? Or if you gave 1000 last year, would you be willing to take up the vision and say, I'm going to try to give 2000 I'm just going to go a little bit more than I've gone before. With God's help, I'm, I'm going to end this year doing just a little bit more for the vision that God's placed on my heart. That's what this vision giving is all about. Let's learn from the church of Jerusalem and say, hey, we're not just going to stay right here and be limited to what God has done here. No, no, no. We're going we're to go just a little bit further. 
We're going to see what God's going to do with that next generation behind us. I hope, I hope you'll pick up that vision this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you. Because, Father, if it wasn't for this giving with a vision and with a purpose, oh, Father, I don't know where we would be. We've seen that you are a God that gives. You're a God that has taught us to give. And so I pray that this morning, as we hear a clear and direct mission that's given to us, help us not to get tired of it. Help us not to dismiss it. But help us today to renew that vision that has been given to us and to invest and go further than we've ever gone. Oh, Father, I pray that you would work in our lives. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.